Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. So what did Ben Roethlisberger have to say about Pittsburgh Steelers? And is Bill Belichick actually Patriots at the end of the season. We'll discuss that uh, for the next couple of minutes. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 the Score. We got Tyler Farringall producing today. Just had a really interesting conversation with Corey Wooden. Some really good text messages coming in as well. Um, but let's take a trip around the NFL for a second and talk about Ben Roethlisberger, who he said uh, he's quoted as saying that the Steelers' tradition might be done, and the reason is. Bad coaching? Hmm. Uh, he has a podcast it's called Footballin with Ben Roethlisberger, B-A-H-L-I-N. No apostrophe at the end either, which is just poor grammar all the way around. Um, but Ben Roethlisberger is 41. Seems kind of old. It says he can't afford in the second half of games to burn silly timeouts and to not have them late in the game. To me, it's bad coaching. And I know that he had his little run-ins with, uh, with Mike Tomlin, but you're looking at some of the, the coaching greats, right? Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick. It's almost like, you know, they, they've run their course in the NFL. And that's what a lot of people are feeling. Like, oh, Mike Tomlin, you know, you, you did it. Maybe you just don't. Like, imagine if he came to the Bears. Hello, Mike Tomlin with the Bears? I think I'd like that. Uh, and then, of course, Bill Belichick. People are saying that, this decision to move on from Bill Belichick has been in the works for quite some time. And I mean, I bring it up because, you know, when you look at the Cubs and you think David Ross and then Craig Council, and if you were to see coaching changes like Bill Belichick being available, Jim Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, even, even though he won't, but Mike Tomlin, even like, I know how we feel about Ibrahim and what he's done for this team in the short term, but are those names that you would want to move on? you know, from Eberflus in order to, to obtain that to me is interesting because no, it's not interesting. I, I'm trying to think, do I want Bill Belichick running the bears? No, you say no Tyler Farring why not? I don't want it's again, nothing against him. It's just, I don't want a regressing head coach who, I mean, he's over 70 years old, right? Okay. He's only be here for a handful of years. Okay. Hold on a second. Cause I got to see something. Let me see. How old is Andy Reid? He is 65. Okay. How old is Bill Belichick? 100. No, 71. 
Okay. 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 I see what you're saying. I see where you're going there. He probably don't want to be coaching anymore anyway, right? He wants to win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. Who's Who are the oldest coaches in the NFL? I think I know one more older than Belichick, and I think it's Pete Carroll. No, Pete Carroll's not older than this. <gasps> Pete Carroll, 72? By one year. First time, too. Gabe, did you see that? Pete Carroll, this is the first time under uh, his leadership in Seattle. They've had a four-game losing streak. Oh, wow. No, I hadn't seen this. So, Pete Carroll, 72. Bill Belichick is 71. Andy Reid is 65. Frank Wright from the Panthers, who got fired, he was 61. Ron Rivera, 61. John Harbaugh, 60. Wow. Mike McCarthy from the Cowboys, 59. Todd Bowles, 59. There's a lot of old-ass people running. Like I would never have thought like the retirement age in America is 62, 63, 64, something like that. And you got 61-year-olds out here that you're willingly giving your team to? Todd Bowles. I can't believe Todd Bowles is 59. Oh, my God. Sean Payton's 59. John Harbaugh does not look 60 no. whatsoever. Doug Peterson, 55. Okay, that's your top 10. Sean Payton, 59. Tobble's 59. Oh, my God. 60 years old? Eberflus is right around there, too. I think he's 53. Okay, yeah, but 53 sounds right. First time head coach, though. It's, it's you yeah, know. Yeah, that part. A lot, is... of get, a lot of guys get their start a little bit younger. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But it's about how long you keep. Oh, man. These are some old-ass people in the NFL. Pete Carroll looks amazing for 72. He, he walks like it. He does, too. He's always energetic, always upbeat. Hair looks great. I think I... He's my he's my spirit animal now. I need to be Pete Carroll when I'm when I'm seventy two years old. Damn. No, just thinking about it though is actually crazy. How is Andy Reid and John Harbaugh only f- five years apart? That just blows my mind thinking about that right now. That does blow my mind. How is how is John Harbaugh just one year younger than Ron Rivera who who won a Super Bowl with the Bears? <laughs> like, wow. How did that happen? He also might get fired though too. Yeah, there'll be a lot of people out there. Maybe that's who we could bring to the Bears to run the defense next year. A little Ron Rivera action. Got to hire somebody. That's going to be interesting. Um, when looking at Mike Tomlin as well, another thing, another issue that they've had, and this is, there's some sort of like storyline that connects to the Bears, and it's the the blowing up of George Pickens lately. You know, he he was upset when Deontay Johnson got his first touchdown of the season, visibly on the sideline. Mike Tomlin tried to say it was a pebble in his shoe. No big deal. Just some little. But then the very next week, or two weeks later, Pickens has another blow up. And Tomlin's like, man, we can't do that. Like Now he addresses it publicly. Like This is not anything we can do. And then, of course, Deontay Johnson had his own little troubles there where I think it was Najee Harris fumbled the ball. And if you, it looked similar to like Chase Claypool not blocking on the sideline. You see the see the play? Deontay Johnson literally just stands. It's a running play. He does not engage with the with the cornerback at all. The one against Cincinnati yeah. where he fumbles yep. and he's like, okay, I'm yep. gonna give up on this play. Does well, he doesn't even engage with the the cornerback initially. The running play happens, the fumble happens, and the cornerback who he was supposed to be engaged with ends up getting the fumble and running it back. Not for a touchdown, but running it back. And so Deontay Johnson's just sitting there and he he apologized, said he wasn't locked in. He you know, all this other stuff. And that's why Ben Roethlisberger is talking about the coaching and the culture and how Steeler tradition is no longer there. But I think he's dealing with the same fate as, as, as uh, 
is Bill Belichick, and it is that in the cycle of football, sometimes you spend some years sucking because you because compared to the rest of the league, you don't have the same talent. You don't have the same quarterback, right? They're dealing with Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, Mitchell Trubisky in Pittsburgh when they had a, a, a solid Ben Roethlisberger for a very long time. And in, in New England, it's the same thing. You know, what was a, a, a solidified quarterback position for years has become a carousel now. I don't know if you saw too earlier in the season, George Pickens, he was sitting on the sideline and they kind of zoomed in on him and it looked like he said, I like it here, but this ain't it. Oh, damn. Like a little Tim Anderson kind of thing where people were having a little... Uh, Very, or maybe week one, week two, maybe. Yeah. But they- I, I, I go back to that and I talk about the Pickens thing because I'm like, yeah, you wanted Pickens, but if you thought Chase Claypool was a headache, imagine what Pickens would have been doing when the Bears would have been losing all these games. And, and Justin Fields would have been slumping, right, and not giving them the ball. I mean, that that could have been interesting, but I don't think anybody wanted to be in that predicament. But And then you saw the Jabril Peppers to Saquon Barkley, right? Yeah. I mean, again, the, if you're looking at the, at the teams and the games and how, you know, what's separating these people, like, yeah, you can tell me that Justin Fields can win you some games and be good, but when you get into the playoffs – and it's the semis, you know, the NFC Championship game, and and you're playing up against the best teams, the best defenses, and the best coaches, and the best quarterbacks. Like, that's where my mind goes, right? Like, in a given season, who is at the top, and can you compete with those guys? And that's something that Justin's going to have to, you know, deal with. I wish he would have had more tests this year. You know, I wish that the Bears would have faced – you know, they faced KC, right, earlier in the season? And that was right after Williams' resignation. Right, right after that. So that was weird. But that was, like, the only one. There wasn't, there, it wasn't, like, a ton of, you know, games where you can test your team. And even the Lions game, I mean, no one really thinks the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl. They think they're an improved team. They think they're the best in the NFC North. But no one's like, oh, watch out for the Lions to beat the, I don't know, Eagles. Or the Niners, or even the Cowboys for that matter, right? So, I mean, so you get a signature victory for your team, but it would have been cool to be able to face the Niners or face the Cowboys later in the season. Like even last year, I was at the Dallas game when when the Bears had that litmus test. And, you know, Justin had a really good game that day. Put up a bunch of points. The defense just sucked. And so, you know, you would love to get a couple of those so that you can find where the faults are. How about those two other starts, Fields missed that they lost? Do you think they beat Which the one, Chargers? Yeah, do you think they beat the Chargers with Fields and maybe New Orleans with Fields? I, I think that, and obviously people are like going to roll their eyes at this answer, but I think how he was playing at that point, I don't think so. Right? Because, remember, there has been growth with Justin Fields. And... He's like if if they would have happened right now, I'd say yeah, Justin probably would have won those games. But remember, in the beginning of the season or that first half of the season, it was like fire Getsy, fire Flus, get rid of Justin Fields. Like based off what we were seeing in real time, that's what everyone was thinking. So I don't know if he would have been able to do that much better. I think it did help him to miss a couple games. Like look at Zach Wilson. He said, "Who did he tell? Who did he tell? Sauce Gardner." He said, "What are they going to do? Bench me?" I'm just going to go out here and ball. What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? And I think that's the same thing with Justin Fields where, you know, he comes back in and he's like, listen, I ain't that bad. 
I ain't Tyson Bajan bad. I'm better than him. Hold up. Let me get back to my ways. And sometimes you need that. So, so to answer your question again, I think in those instances, ah, maybe it was split. Probably lost to the, the Chargers and then beat the Saints. Yeah, as much turnovers as they had, I mean, they only lost by a touchdown, right? Yeah, in that game in particular, Andy or uh, uh, Carr had to come back and do some magic. But, I mean, it was, it was a tough. The defense was, wasn't healthy back then either, right, Where as it is now. So there's a lot, a lot of things that, that come into play there. But, um, again, we get an opportunity to see it firsthand. Justin Fields still has four more games with a good defense and with a – with a with a, a mindset that is more positive than it than it's ever been for the quarterback, and we get a chance to see it um, on Sunday, it's going to be great stuff. All right, uh, what well, we did see Monday and Tuesday, two Bulls losses, and an ejection of of Nikola Jokic that was weird. And coming up next, uh, we get a chance to talk to Joe Cowley about the Chicago Bulls and and what he thinks about where they're at, how they've been playing. And I have a couple questions about some of the lineup choices yesterday. So Joe Cowley from the Chicago Sun-Times joins us next to talk a little bit of, about the Chicago Bulls. We'll do that uh, right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. With that free-flowing throw to the rim on a runner, no, and a foul. Uh, Kobe's upset with himself. He thought he should have made that. Kobe with 10. What happened? What? What? Did he throw someone out? Oh, what's going on here, Bill? Jokic said something? Something's what? going on. He got the Denver security people. Did well, they, did, well, is Jokic? He's tossed, so he's there to get him off the floor. We don't know what happened. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. What a weird moment yesterday when Jokic got kicked out. But Will Purdue brought up a great point. He said, we don't know what the lead-up to that was. And maybe we can get some more insight uh, from our next guest. Not only about that incident, but just, you know, what's been going on with the Bulls, you know? You had the last two games playing some really top-tier teams after a four-game win streak against, uh, I guess Milwaukee was in there. So, uh, but, but where are they at? And they still got four tough ones ahead of them uh, before things uh, turn over for the new year. <laughs> so right now, uh, joining us on the guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois, uh, of course, writer for the Chicago Sun-Times, covers the Chicago Bulls, Joe Cowley. Joe, it's great to talk to you about the Chicago Bulls team. Thanks for hanging out with me. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? You know, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I've seen better days in my, in my day, but I do want to 
uh, talk to you about this uh, this Bulls thing. And I had a, I took a couple notes yesterday because I knew I was talking to you, Joe. And I really wanted to get your your thoughts on this because I know you watch this team as intently as I do. And before we even get into Jokic and, and or the Bulls in general, I just want to talk about, like I said, a couple of things. One was the I noticed the, the the super young lineup that Billy Donovan went with yesterday in the second quarter, where he had mm-hmm. um, you know the Phillips and you know just at the on the court at the same time, and it was shocking to me. But 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 I but it made sense because the lineup seemed like one where you know it was Vooch and P Will. And I felt like it was a lineup where it was like, hey, Pat, this is your opportunity to be the, the secondary scorer on this floor at that moment. What did you think about that lineup that was out there? Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, they've been forced to use a couple of younger guys just because they've been a little bit shorthanded with Caruso and and, and Zach uh, and, and their injuries, um, obviously. So, um, yeah, the last handful of games we've seen inner workings and, and different intertwinings of, of Dalen Terry and Julian Phillips and, um, him and, and Billy Donovan trying to find different matchups and different looks. And basically those two, the two youngest guys, Dalen Terry and Julian Phillips, they're kind of brought in there for those sometimes three-minute stint, sometimes a four-minute, <laughs> five-minute stint, and they just, they're just supposed to bring energy, and, and that's it. Just be high energy, run the floor. Um, you know. And, and, and I really like what I've seen from Julian Phillips especially because he doesn't need to um, – have the ball in his hands. He doesn't need to, he knows he's not going to get the ball in his hands, but yet he's moving, he's cutting, he's doing all the right things. So, um, you know, and I, I just think it's, it's as Billy Donovan put it yesterday, those guys have earned those minutes. They've been working really hard, whether it's at Windy City in the G League or in practice um, since the beginning of the season. So, you know, you want to reward that as, as part of their development. So I think that's why you're seeing them. Um, you know, when this thing's a full deck and Zach's back and, and Caruso's back, um, I, you know, I think we'll go back to business as usual and those guys will be, you know, back and forth with Windy City and, 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 and more bench roles. But as of right now, it's more out of necessity. Yeah, it's fun to see, though. I got to be honest. You know, sometimes you just want to see no, some yeah, new characters, it's right? It's something different. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's something different. different. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know what? And the one thing I will say is both of those guys – um, understand what's being asked of them when they go out there, uh, especially especially Phillips. Um, you know, I've talked to him a couple times, and, and one of the things brought up is the Jimmy Butler, uh, the, mm. the his build and, 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 and how he came on the scene. And Julian is well aware of that story and that you have to come in, play defense, be a lockdown guy first and foremost, and then think good things will come to you. So he, he's kind of grasped that, and I think that's the mentality he's taken. Yeah, and you're going to get an opportunity to take a shot here and there because you are going to be open in that corner. I know there was one moment after Dylan Terry missed that three after pump faking to Kobe White. The next time down the floor, he was wide open in the corner, and it's almost as if they just didn't want to pass him the ball. It was mm-hmm. like Andre Drummond was like, no, nope, not to you in the corner. Here, Kobe, take this one. Uh, there's a couple other things I wanted to ask, Joe. Uh, uh, the other one is um, the battle between Pat Will and, and, and Aaron Gordon. And almost like it was personal for a little bit, like trying to find out who's stronger. I loved it. Um, but what did you think about the battle between those two? Yeah, I mean, you got one guy who's known for his physicality and another young guy who's trying to find his physicality and, and start getting that reputation. Um, you know, I, it was interesting. I talking to Kobe White after the Spurs game over the weekend when I was down in San Antonio. And one of the things Kobe said is, you know, the, the thing about Pat, because he and Pat are pretty tight, 
he said the thing about Pat, he has he just doesn't even know how strong he is. He doesn't know how good he can be yet. He has no idea what kind of man strength he has yet or how to use it. He's starting to figure it out, and you're starting to see that. Um, and, he, and he has glimpses and flashes of it, but he still doesn't know what physically he can get away with and what kind of force he could play with at the NBA level on a nightly basis. And so it was nice to see him getting a firsthand lesson from Aaron Gordon on, hey, <laughs> this is what it feels like. This is thrust. This is force. And so, um, you know, hopefully he takes something from that and takes a little, you know, personal. Um, you know, they, they won't meet again this year because I doubt that the uh, Bulls and, and Nuggets will be the finals. Um, and so that matchup is, is done with and over with. But, uh, yeah, it was fun to watch. Yeah, I, I, you, you do look at Pat Will and you're like, yeah, see how he can, he'll just dunk over you. And that's something that Pat Will has no problem doing. Going, he doesn't convert on a lot of those, but going to the rim with aggressiveness and, and, and really trying to slam it down over whoever, uh, we see him doing that. But, you know, there's one part of his game, Joe, that I really enjoy and I wish he would utilize a bit more, and it is his mid-range. I think Pat Will does a good job of, you know, off the dribble, pulling up in that, like, 15-foot, you know, area. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like he can knock that down because he does get a lot of elevation on that mid-range. But you just don't see him shooting a lot. It's either the, you know, it's either the three pointer or the drive to the rim. Yeah, I think he, I think he shot a little bit more last year. You know, Demar worked on him with that. Um, you know, and they worked on it again this summer when he went out to Los Angeles to, to train with Demar and stuff. So that's in his bag. I just don't think that shot is being really, um, unless your name is Demar Derozan. <laughs> I don't think the coaching yeah. staff or Billy Donovan wants you taking that shot. Now, now come playoff time, if if the Bulls so happen to reach the playoffs. I think the mid-range has a lot more um, importance because it's given, it's allowed in the playoffs. Um, You know, they're trying to stop you from shooting three, and then they're trying to build a wall at the rim, and that mid-range becomes kind of a deadly shot. We've seen that the last four or five years with guys that are really good at it, take advantage of that in in playoff basketball. But, uh, you know, I think he has it in his bag. I just think in this offense, um, uh, again, unless your name's DeRozan on the back of the jersey, they really don't want you falling in love with that shot. He is Joe Cowley for the Chicago Sun-Times. I'm Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score, talking a little bit of Bulls basketball. Vooch has been having himself a uh, nice little couple of games. And, and for me, Joe, it's it's when I watch him play over the last couple of games where Zach's been out or DeMar, you know, any combination, it, it seems like, hey, I, I, am, I feel comfortable doing two things. One, passing the ball because I know it's going to be moving around quickly, and that's certainly what we've seen from the Bulls over the last couple of games. And the second thing is shooting with confidence with, with, the, with the know that, you know, if I miss this, it's not going to be five possessions before I get the ball back again. Well, what have you been seeing well, from or- Vooch over the last couple it's, of years? It's Orlando Vooch. This is Orlando Vooch. I mean, this is what he, you know, grew up in and um, playing for the Magic all those years. And, um, you know, one, th- one of the things he said this over and over again is, you know, the, the thing with playing for the Magic and, and he was the offense. Everything went through him. So he didn't he didn't take uh, missed shots to heart. He didn't wear them on the defensive mm-hmm. end because he knew next time down he was going to be fed again and have that opportunity to play make or, 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 or shoot it or, or attack the rim. Um, and so that's been tough for him to get used to because here, if he misses it, you know, it's easy for Zach Levine to lose confidence and go into Vooch <laughs> even yep. when he has a mismatch. Yep. And, you know, because at the end of the day, and, and look, every great shooter and scorer should have this mentality. Zach Levine thinks his shot is better than anybody else's. So 
if he sees Vooch miss a couple, I mean, what do you think his mentality is? All right, Vooch is, is off tonight or he's off right now or this matchup he's on right now ain't working, so uh, I'm going to get mine. And so, um, you know, and, and that put pressure on Vooch mentally. And, and to, it, admittedly, he was taking that to the defensive end at times last season when he was going through his struggles. So when, when Zach Levine is off the floor um, and DeMar is in playmaking mode and San Antonio DeMar um, <laughs> kind of mentality, yeah. Vooch really doesn't second-guess the shots he's taking and doesn't feel guilty about them and just kind of leaves his misses right there and gets back on the other end of the court. So you're seeing a better product, but basically you're seeing what we saw for years in Orlando. Yeah. This is Orlando Vooch. It's so cool to see it, too, because you know it existed, right? You knew what kind of player he, right. he is, and but it's it's, it's interesting. And I'm, I'm glad that you and I see the same exact thing, right? That that, that it's the being down on yourself if you miss one because you, you don't know or Zach or DeMar, for that matter, not necessarily having that confidence. Because I, I got to be honest, Joe, I, I, looking at this team where it sits right now and knowing that, you know, if they move on from a couple of the players, they're going to be getting some assets back in return. I think the right. Bulls, I think the Bulls can make the play in. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that's what that's what Arturis is, is, is trying to do. He's trying to kind of – this isn't a rebuild. This is kind of reloading on the run and on the fly with the hope of pushing for the play-in or pushing for a playoff spot um, with this current group, uh, minus Zach Levine, and with whatever assets you get back for him. I mean, the, you know, I just wrote today um, for, for, for the, the paper tomorrow um, – the plan, the pl- Caruso is not in the plans to be traded. Um, DeMar DeRozan is not in the plans to be traded. And, you know, Friday is an important date because that's, that, that's the first group of, that's the first wave of guys that signed contracts this summer where they could be traded. And obviously January 15 is the next one, but guys like D'Angelo Russell will be freed up on Friday. Um, you know, uh, 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 Reeves and, and, and Rui Achimura, that they're, they're not, they're January 15 guys. But, you know, there's some other guys, Jackson Hayes, if they're trying to move his deal. Um, Gabe Vincent, if he's included in it, you know, that's $10 million right there. So um, if the Lakers thing is going to happen, <clears throat> excuse me, two of the pieces are freed up on Friday. It is in the best interest of Arturis and the Bulls to try to move Zach as quickly as possible while still getting the same deal because they want an evaluation period before the February 8th trade, dead, trade deadline so they can say, okay, we're seeing something here, or do we have to move more? Do we have to move mm-hmm. DeMar? Does DeMar want to sign an extension and stay here? Do we have to move Caruso, even though we deem him almost untouchable? Is he a piece we're going to have to move? And so the quicker they can get a look at this thing and get possibly you know, 10 games underneath, 10 to 15 games underneath their belt of what this is going to look like before February 8th, the better off they'll be as far as making that decision. And so – that's the plan. It's just a matter of can they find a dance partner in time that is a good deal and, and, and that helps them pull this off. Are the Bulls going to be in the same predicament after all of this? You know, a team that, you know, can't get out of the play-in and is just going to be in that, like, purgatory where you're not, you know, bad enough to get a lottery pick and not good enough uh, to make a playoff run? Yeah, well, unfortunately, that's that's been my big argument. Of, I don't, you know... I, I'm telling you what Arturis's plan is. I don't agree with the plan. <laughs> right, I, right, I think okay, fair. I think I think they should be trying. You know, it's not. It, unfortunately, they have they have control of their draft pick this year, and it's a crap draft. It's it's there is some depth in the draft, but you may get the same guy at 25 that you would get at nine. 
because it's just there's not it's not top heavy. There's a couple guys that are interesting near the top, but there's no one to be real excited about. And you could look at mock drafts, and and there's five different guys at, at number one, and the order is changing because that's just what this draft is. What you wanted to do, ideally, yes, keep your draft pick this year, um, but somehow try and get as many assets, draft assets as possible for 25. I mean, yeah, Cooper Flag is 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 the the unicorn of that draft class. But you're talking about five, six guys that are legit organizational changers. And so I definitely think that that should have been the mentality of, hey, um, no one is safe on this team. We, we are willing to move anybody if it brings us 25 assets. You know, the, they traded that 25 pick, but it's protected. And, it, and if they're bad enough, they keep it. So, you know, I just don't understand this idea of fighting to stay mediocre. Um, it, it's just not going to work, and it's not working. But, um, you know, again, uh, he's paid a lot of money. Our has paid a lot of money, and I'm not. So there's a difference. So. <laughs> Talking to Joe Cowley from the Sun-Times, uh, glad that he's here and not like Arturis Karnisovic some, doing something else over there. Uh, two guys that Arturis brought in this year, Torrey Craig and Javon Carter. I can't put my finger on what I think about him, right, where Torrey Craig right. – Thought I was going to get a little bit more from him. Javon Carter thought you know he had a decent three point shooting sh- uh, game yesterday, but I feel like it's a little inconsistent. What has your been your takeaway from those two additions? Um, I thought people kind of got a little too excited about both of them. Both of them are role players, and they play like role players. You're going to have good nights from them, and you're going to have very uh, you know were they even out there or are they on the side of a milk carton nights from them? And so you know that's kind of what we've seen. Um, the Tory Craig uh, starting experiment was bad. It didn't work. Um, and not only did he not seem to work well with those the other starters, but it weakened the second unit and what he can do with that second unit. Um, Carter's kind of you know spotty. Some days you, you you know you're like, oh okay, I see where they signed him. But this is what they were in their previous places. You know, and, and, and people were looking at the numbers and saying, well look what he's doing in X amount of minutes. He's going to get more minutes for the Bulls, so that's going to be – no, that's not how it works when you're a role guy. You kind of are what you are, and just because people think you're going to get more minutes handed to you doesn't mean that the, the your game is somehow going to get better. And so um, I think they're both very serviceable. They're both, I think, very good second-unit guys, and, it, and, and on, on, on certain nights they can, you know, score in the 20s and, and really spread the floor with the ability to shoot three. But – you know, I, I think people got a little too excited about those signings because they saw the three-point field goal percentage, but I don't think they equated how many games they those guys started, how many minutes they were playing. Um, you know, I, I think there were some things kind of uh, overlooked by the fan base that got overly excited about those two. Yeah, and even, you know, the, the kind of three-point shots they were taking, right? Torrey Craig on the team with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. You know he's gonna have right. some wide open shots. Javon Carter with you know Giannis driving the lane. It's gonna you're gonna get open shots. It's not gonna be the same as it is. Uh, but somebody that has been playing well as of late, someone that it seems as though it's no surprise because you know he was trending in that direction. It is Kobe White. Um, just the level of talk talk about the confidence that Kobe's been playing with lately. All time confidence, and I think a lot of that came from getting that getting that money. Um, you know, he even admitted in training camp that, um, you know, he, he, he can be volatile in the way he speaks to veterans. Um, I think back in training camp and at the beginning of the season, 
where we didn't see that last year. And I talked to him about that. And he said, you know, it's a respect thing. And I feel like we're all in the same, you know, they might not be in the same tax bracket, but they're all paying a lot of taxes. You know what I'm saying? So um, him getting that money, uh, I think kind of changed his mentality as far as you guys can't look down on me. Uh, And it was his perception because I don't think they were looking down on him, but he just felt a lot more equal to them. And um, plus he puts the work in, you know, I was talking to Vooch, uh, Vooch about him and Pat the other day. And one of the things Vooch said is, uh, there's nobody that, that works harder than Kobe and puts the work in more than Kobe. And, and when you put that kind of work in, there's going to be some kind of payoff. And so we're seeing that. And the thing I'll say about Kobe is he hears the weaknesses. He understands the weaknesses of his game each and every year. And he doesn't go into the summer saying, all right, I'm a pretty good three point shooter. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 41% three point shooter. So let me just continue to work on that. No, he says, what, what are my issues? Turnovers, ball handling. Those are the things I got to work on. And so he, he works on his weaknesses rather than just trying to better his strengths. And so when you do that and you have that kind of mentality, it really just tightens up your game. And so, I, you know, I, I think we're seeing a product that's becoming more and more finished each season. And, and I'm excited to kind of see where this thing goes. I mean, I, I definitely think he will be in the argument. He's not going to be Halliburton for most improved player but he's going to be at least in the, in that talk. I definitely think he should be in the talk for the three point contest, considering where he is and where he ranks in the NBA right now, as far as volume and field goal percentage. So um, I'm anxious to see where this season goes and where the next couple years go with Kobe white, because I know he's going to work on his deficiencies. Yeah. Averaging 25 points over the last six games. And, you know, it looks like it's only up from there. You're seeing a lot of improvement from him and, He's certainly a storyline we're going to be watching for the remainder of the season. Joe, appreciate you chatting with me, man. Love talking Bulls basketball with you. Look forward to doing it again soon. All right, Gabe. You take care, buddy. Joe Cowley from the Chicago Sun-Times hanging out with me here on 670. The score, it is Gabe Ramirez. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Hoops. Always has great stuff, great relationships with the players, and uh, always gives us the the, the, the truth about the Chicago Bulls and where they sit right now. Uh, Bulls got a tough, tough schedule ahead of them. Uh, I mentioned that, that, you know, they needed to win those four games in a row because uh, with San Antonio being the fourth because the gauntlet that is in front of them is tough. The next two games, back-to-back against Miami, in Miami. Then they got to fly to Philadelphia on Monday. And then, the, and then they come home to face the Lakers on Wednesday. They get San Antonio after eking by a victory against them. And then for the remainder of the month of December, Cleveland, Atlanta, Indiana, and then back-to-back games against Philadelphia. Going to be tough. Going to be some tough stuff right there. All right, uh, it is Gabe Ramirez. It is 670 to score. Got a little bit more show left for you guys. Um, Tyler, open up the phone lines again. (coughs) I don't want to be selfish and just talk about whatever I want to talk about, uh, which will be some Twitter time. But uh, if you – because there's a lot of people texting in about stuff that I've said today. And if you're still hanging around and have something to say about the Bulls, uh, maybe a Zach Levine or what you would want in return, or if you're going to trash me for my Justin Fields takes that I've had all day today. Uh, either way, the phone lines are open. 
6767. I'll take your calls and uh, give you a little Twitter time on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Got a couple more minutes with you before we get out of here. It is Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. And don't forget, man, we got you covered with the latest updates and discussions on the Bears going into week 15 uh, as they take on the Cleveland Browns. All you got to do is download the Odyssey app. If you're not in your car, just download the app. Listen at home while your wife's yelling at you. Just be like, babe, I'm not here for this. And just put on 670 The Score. Uh, you, can follow the, you can follow us as well, and that way you'll get uh, alerts on our Bears coverage. If I go live with a, with a, a, a go live, and if you can't get enough Bears coverage, don't forget, Take the North podcast. You can listen to that on the Odyssey app as well with David Hall and Dan Wiederer. Uh, and the app is going to give you the biggest storylines ahead of Sunday's game. So follow Take the North on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I got a couple minutes, and I do have some things I selfishly want to talk about. So let's do a little Twitter time. Well, what do you know? I got an admirer. You spend so much time on Twitter, you're not enjoying the better things in life. All those idiots on Twitter. It's Twitter time with Gabe Ramirez. I only know one, know one thing. Can you cuss on Twitter? I give a rat's ass about Twitter. To be brutally honest, I'm not a Twitter guy. Let's scroll through some tweets. Uh, chirp, chirp. So Twitter time essentially is just uh, a nice summary of today's events. I try to get a little bit of pop culture, a little bit of sports. Starting with the first one, this is from Fox 32 Chicago. Uh, according to sources, the NBA is suspending Golden State's Draymond Green indefinitely. Bro, it was wild what he did to Nurkic. And somebody said, put the music down just a little bit, Tyler. Some, the, somebody, or Nurkic came out and was just like, bro, that guy got problems. Like, he needs a little bit of help. And then somebody came out and said, like, that Draymond's soft. That he should have just came out and admitted it. Like, yeah, I turned around and hit him, bro. That was kind of messed up. Instead of saying, like, oh, I was flopping and my arms were flailing like the wacky, wavy, inflatable two-man and, and family guy. Draymond Green, bro. Maybe he's just older and bigger than everybody, but I just, I wonder why people are afraid of him. Like, why don't somebody just steal off him? Like, I don't understand what, like, why do they let him do this? Like, Nurkic, get up, steal off him. Somebody else on the Suns, you just go after him and steal off him. Like, I don't, I don't get it. He... He definitely needs to get a lengthy suspension. How long do you think he should be suspended for, Tyler? Fair and go. Producing today. It's 15 games sound like too much? No. No. If you continue to do this. You need to be reprimanded, like, seriously. Anyway, there goes that one. Chirp, chirp. Uh, this one has been circling the internet, and people have debunked this rumor. But from MJ Hurley says, Sources tell me in third down Thursday the Chicago Bears have offered cornerback Jalen Johnson a five-year, $93 million contract extension. Johnson prepared to accept the contract before the Bears travel to Cleveland this weekend. But Dave, who I got the uh, re, uh, the tweet from, quoted tweet, says, I've been, ret- I've been told this report is not true, but, man, it'd be a great deal for both sides. 18 mil a year. This will make Jalen Johnson the seventh-highest-paid cornerback in the NFL. But Jalen Johnson right now currently is grading as the top cornerback in the NFL. All the pass deflections, the interceptions. Either way, man, pay the man. Chirp, chirp. Um, this from Vala Afshar on Twitter. And this is a quote from Freddie Mercury that he said in 1986, lead singer of Queens. So the most important thing is to live a fabulous life. As long as it's fabulous, I don't care how long it is. Interesting stuff there. I think that a lot of times, you know, we're in, stuck in like the, the grit and grind of the day. 
and we forget to have a fabulous life. Use that and interpret that how you may. But, you know, we control our, our lives sometimes and we get to, you know, sometimes we forget that. So it's just a friendly reminder. Sure, uh, Freddie sure. Mercury. Uh, this from Blue Jays Muse on Twitter. It said, according to John Heyman, the Blue Jays have shown interest in acquiring former MVP Christian Yelich. They're also in talks to sign center fielder, first baseman Cody Bellinger. Who would you rather have on the team next season? I think they'd prefer both. If they can get a little Christian Yelich. It missed out on Otani. So if they can get a, Be- a Bellinger Yelich situation, it'll just make the Cubs jealous. That'll, that's what sure, happened sure. there. All right, this is the last one. This is from U.S. Men's National Team only on Twitter. It was a highlight of Christian Pulisic hitting the equalizer against Newcastle United in the Champions League. Now, oddly enough, go ahead and lower the music there for me, Tyler. Oddly enough, Newcastle United, so during the pandemic when we couldn't watch anything, when we couldn't watch anything at all, I started watching soccer because that was the first thing to go live in regards to sports. And I never really got into soccer like that. And then I started watching and I started watching Bayern Munich, who's the best team in German soccer. And I was like, oh, I like these guys. Thomas Muller was one of my favorite. Du- I like watching him. Robert Lewandowski was good. I liked them together. <clears throat> and then one of my boys was like, hey, you can't watch soccer and like Bayern. That's like liking the Yankees. Like starting to watch baseball and be like, I like the Yankees, a team that dominates all the time. So, okay. So Premier League where, is in England. And, and that some consider that to be the best league in all, of, in all of the world. And so I went to that league and I started watching them because they said it was such high-quality football. And then I, I decided to pick a team that was in the middle of the road. And it was Newcastle. And when I would go to their IG page and do all this, Newcastle is like the Bears of English soccer. They're like the lovable losers. They just lose a lot. They get bad luck. And the first couple of years I was watching, it was just that. They just couldn't put anything together. But then they got bought out by some Saudi group. And they started putting in money into the group. And then they actually made it into the Champions League. Champions League, very quick sidebar. Top teams from every country come together to play in this one league called the Champions League. Newcastle made it. They did it in a short period of time. I started liking a team that was good. They make it to the Champions League. They end up being the worst team in their little group. And Christian Pulitzer, the American, uh, was one of the people that did it. Fortunately, though, I won money because I knew they would lose. You want to know why? Because they're the Bears of English football. AC Milan was plus 285, so I cashed in a little bit even though my heart was broken. All right, ladies and gentlemen, give me my theme music. We out of here. Got to thank my guests for today. Had some good ones, man. Tyvis Powell from Cleveland Browns. Uh, Corey Wooten, former Chicago Bear. And then Joe Cowley from the Chicago Sun-Times. Great stuff today, man. Shout out to uh, Tyler Ferengal, my producer. Baby T. I said that's his, that's his radio name. Who gave you that name? It was me. Oh, whoops. My bad. It was me. All right. Uh, mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time. BetMGM Tonight is up next. Next time you hear me on your radios will be Friday, 6 to 9 p.m., but one of my favorites, Mark Grody. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Gabe Ramirez, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.